We are I. Hunting trip part three. I hope this story isn't too boring and you know it allows me an opportunity to be able to to go through the story in my own mind to help solidify some of the thoughts and the feelings that I had around this trip as well. So we're at the point where we're at the the afternoon hunt on Saturday and you know we've got to this point where we finally have set up this blind uh, something that I've actually never sat in before in my entire life. I've never sat um, in a blind. I've used natural blinds before, like, you know, trees and field grass and fence lines and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I've actually never constructed a blind. I've never sat in it. And sitting in a little tent in lawn chairs, hunting just just actually fundamentally doesn't seem like hunting to me because hunting is moving around, stalking, like looking, finding, searching, you know, getting that reward, but sitting there and waiting for something to walk past you just is nonsensical to me. Like it just, it does not seem like hunting at all. Now, one can argue the validity of this. Sometimes you have to when it comes to bow hunting and sitting in a tree stand, you know, but at the end of the day, that's not how everybody bow hunts. That's not how everybody hunts. So um, it seems like a part of hunting to me that I'm very disenfranchised from. So we finally get into this blind and we're sitting there and you know, my nephew and I were looking out. It's about, you know, three, four o'clock in the afternoon, you know, well before dark, well before you're going to see anything, you know, at that time of day, you are more likely than not, not to see anything because it's just not the type of day, time of day the deer are out. They're very much nocturnal. You know, they they don't move around a lot during the day. You're only going to see them again that little bit of time in the morning, that little bit of time in the evening, you know, right at sunup and right at sundown. And the odds of seeing deer moving around <clears throat> in the middle of the day are very slim to none. Now, as we were sitting there, my nephew gets text. And it's from his girlfriend. And he's, you know, clearly in a little bit of distress here. A couple, fuck, shit, fuck. And I'm like... Okay, here we go. What's going on? And he's like, we have to leave. And I'm like, what do you mean we have to leave? Like, we just got here an hour ago. Like, and in my mind, I'm like, how fucking little hunting can we do on a hunting trip and even have any slight expectation of, you know, feeling successful? Like one just doesn't, you know, equate to the other here in my mind. So turns out that my my nephew's girlfriend gets in a, a very minor fender bender, but she's completely distraught. You know, and this is what happens when kids are in their, you know, early 20s. She just can't handle it, can't can't handle it, this happened. And, you know, like I said, it's not like nobody got hurt. The other person's vehicle didn't even sustain any damage. There was no insurance papers, you know, passed back and forth. There was nothing along those lines. So you can kind of guess how bad this would be. But nonetheless, we have to pack up and we have to leave. Not only that is that she's in so much distress that she doesn't even want to stay at my aunt and uncle's. And we have this big supper planned, you know, we're 
smoking some beef ribs all day, you know, like sitting there having some fun. We're talking about this and now they're leaving. So it's the three of us, my aunt, my uncle and I, they're going to sit down and have dinner. Now it's super awkward because, you know, everybody's like, well, why don't you just stay? Like, let's have a good time. These guys can go hunting. We can still eat as water under the bridge. Like, you don't, don't worry that this car, you know, got wrecked. And it's not even wrecked that bad. But nope, she's in total disarray, so they have to leave. So, you know, now it's, what, like 4.30 in the afternoon. And, you know, I look at my uncle. I'm like, why don't we sit down and have something to eat around, like, you know, 5.15, 5.30. We'll eat. We'll clean up. And you and I will go sit in the blind, you know, for the last hour before um, sundown. And even if we don't get anything, it'll still be just a great time. So I've never hunted with my uncle before. Again, if you can call sitting in a blind in a lawn chair hunting. So he's like, yeah, no, I'm totally into that. Great. You know, at least it's an opportunity for me. If I, I just want to fulfill this need inside me, like I need to proactively be doing something in regards to hunting, you know, because now we have our bear ticket, you know, we have our deer ticket, we have our, uh, well, white-tailed deer and mule deer tickets. I'm like, I want to have an opportunity to fill one of these things, you know, like I, I've now spent, you know, $12 on each of these deer tickets and I spent $20 on this bear ticket. You know, I want an opportunity to be able to fill this. And we know there's animals in this area. There's a clear game trail here. There's a, a clear amount of bear scat everywhere. You know, like there's apples, you know, multiple apple trees here, plum trees. You know, everybody sees these deer walking back between the Shushrup River and the and Hunter's Range. Like there's there's opportunity here. There's more opportunity here than sitting at home or chopping wood or helping my uncle with the brakes on his truck. So we got to go. We eat, we pack up, we go. We're sitting there bullshitting. One thing about my uncle from working on the trains his whole life, he's a little bit hard on hearing. Hearing aids still can barely hear. needs to be kind of looking at you to see your lips moving to be able to register what's going on. So you can imagine the two of us sitting in the forest. He can't really understand how loud he's talking and how loud I have to talk for him to hear me. So we end up basically laughing and bullshitting all the deer in the bear away. So, but you know what? It was a great time. Like, this is what hunting is all about. It's the camaraderie, you know, and it's about the connection between people. It's not necessarily, you know, what you get, although that's a, that's a bonus. That's the dessert. That's the icing on the cake. You know, but half of it is just the experience with the people that you're with and just sharing stories and laughing and having a great time. And that's exactly what that was. So we, nightfall comes around, we still haven't seen anything. We pack up, we go back and, you know, we get back to my aunt and uncle's and I try to, you know, get my nephew to come out and he texts me and says, you know, this girlfriend's in such stress that she doesn't want him to leave so he can't come hunting in the morning either. And I'm like, for fuck's sake, like <laughs> how much more sideways can this go? So I look at my aunt and I'm like, you're coming with me in the morning. She's like, I don't know if I want to wake up at four o'clock in the morning and go sit in a blind by five and freeze my ass off for three hours. And I'm just like, well, I'm like, it's up to you. I would love for you to be able to come. You know, she's never hunted before in her whole life. And I'm like, maybe that's the the lucky charm here that what I need. Like a, somebody who's never hunted before can bear witness to this event. And so we go to bed, wake up in the morning, alarm goes off at four o'clock and I get a text at the exact same time from aunt, sorry, not coming. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, fair enough. I get ready, have some coffee, get organized, get out the door and I'm sitting in the blind. You know, but on my way there, so I parked the car and I'm walking through the forest. I, I have this feeling that goes over me. I'm like, I'm walking down 
a game trail where you know that there's going to be a bear or where a bear lives. You know there's clear evidence all over that this bear comes through here routinely. You know, and two nights ago, this bear was sitting at this tree that you're now staying beside, pulling the plums off this tree and eating them as people were watching it do it. So we know that it's there. There's an unnerving feeling behind that, that you're walking through the forest at night with no headlamp on or anything, stalking a bear that you can't see and that you can't shoot. Like, think about all those things. So you're in the forest at night, stalking a bear that you can't see, you can't shoot. Like, so this completely unnerving feeling just flushes through my body. It's like, well, this is not fucking safe. <laughs> I'm like, well, whatever, you're already here. You might as well just get to the line. But you can just imagine how how tightly pinched the cheeks are walking through the forest to be able to get to that blind, like this little thing that saran wrap thin is going to offer you some kind of security like a castle and you are got a moat around it and you're sitting in your guard tower with a Gatling gun or something like that. Like, you know, what kind of fortress is this that you're going to get in, like I said, that has mesh walls and lawn chairs sitting inside and, you know, somehow this is going to offer you protection if this bear decides to charge you and try to maul you. And what are you going to do? Deploy your bear spray inside this, you know, this little blind? Like, is that even smart? So, yeah, it's a whole kind of crazy business when you start actually really thinking about it. Um, and on top of that, I've never hunted bears before. So I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, what's going to happen the second that I see this bear? And especially if it's running towards me, like, what's that actually like? Because I said, I've been charged by bears before and it's not the best feeling in the world. Um, one might say it's a little unnerving and scary. So all these thoughts are going through my mind. I'm standing in the forest in the dark and it's a little bit cold. It's really dewy up there right now because it's the, the change of season. So it's that really intense, wet cold. So I'm sitting there and I get into this blind and I'm like, okay, yeah, no, I feel safe now. And I sit in this blind and, you know, in this rock fortress of solitude here to be able to, you know, be on my perch of safety here. So I sit there and, Glad that my phone is charged. I'm reading news articles and looking up. And it takes about an hour for it to get light enough to see outside, which is great. That's exactly what you want. And, you know, lo and behold, there's nothing there. And scrolling through the phone and playing, texting people. You know, glad that I have cell phone service to be able to even have an opportunity to do so. Wish I would have brought my earbuds so that I could have been listening to something. Um, You know, even if I had one in to be able to try to hear movement around me. Then I start to hear some movement around, some breaking of the branches. I'm like, okay, here's my moment. And then I hear pop. Fuck, again? Again? At daybreak again, just like yesterday, somebody else shoots something. But I'm like, this is a great opportunity because I can tell it's only a few properties over. And hopefully it has scared these deer. Hopefully it's deer. Maybe it's the bear that I want. This way. Maybe they missed. You know, maybe there was multiple and... They're going to be running this way now. I'm like, okay. Waiting, waiting, waiting. Nothing. That's a typical hunter story. You can be right there. You know everything's there. And the person right next to you gets something and you don't. Like that's 
happens more often than not. I sit there and I sit there and I sit there, glassing every once in a while, not too far to look. The furthest position I can look is only like 75 yards out and I only glass it just so I can maybe catch an antler walking through the trees slightly before it sees me. So I, at least I know it's coming. But again, there's not even too many places to look as you're really just staring into straight forest from this little meadow that's maybe 20 yards wide and 75 yards long and has a couple small apple trees in it and a willow tree at the end. So by 8 o'clock or 8.15, I'm like, you know what, if I haven't got anything by now, probably not going to get anything. And on top of that, you know, I'm running out of time to even process this animal when I do something because of the time that I have to pack up and start the the four and a half hour journey home. You know, so I get back to my aunt and uncles and we sit down and we have some breakfast and, you know, we're bullshitting about hunting and life. And I realized that a great hunting trip doesn't always end with a great story about something that you've harvested. But as long as it ends with great stories about the people that you were with, that's all that matters. So there's the conclusion of my hunting trip. No animal but lots of great stories to share, lots of great moments. And that's all that I want to do is collect moments, memories, and stories. So then when I'm sitting around a campfire, I can participate in a conversation and maybe have a few people listen for a few minutes. So there's the first hunting trip of the year. Everybody have a wonderful day. Don't forget to collect those stories, share those stories, and have those wonderful moments with the people that you love and respect around you. 